You're listening to the Long Overdue Podcast. We are here today with Don, Pat, Chris, and myself, Denise. And we're going to be talking about women authors and Women's Month? Women's, Women's History Month. History yeah. Month, thank you. Yeah. Women's History Month. All right. Yay. So what is Women's History Month? Is it women? Yes, not women's. Okay. Just wanted to make uh-huh. sure. More than one. Yeah. I get confused because TWU is Texas Women's uh-huh. mm-hmm. University. It is. But it is more than one woman. Mm-hmm. So. What do we got? I have books to talk about. Great. Let's talk <laughs> about books. Books that were written by women. All right. Chris and I were actually talking about uh, the complete stories of Leonora Carrington. Okay. She's a surrealist painter Mm -hmm. from the 40s, 50s. Okay. And her short stories are bizarre. Hmm. And I love them very much. They're weird and dark and weird. Weird, yes. dark, and weird. So weird. weird. Uh, so they go right along with her surrealistic. Arts. Yes, yes, okay. very much so. Um, hmm. The cover of her book, it's a really small little compact book. The cover of her book is a painting of hers that's called Self Portrait. Mm-hmm. And she's got this wild hair, and her arm is extended out, and her fingers are all weird. And. <laughs> But I saw the cover of that book and I was like, I'm re- I'm gonna read that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've seen some of her paintings before. And okay, so and where was, is she from? Uh, she is from the UK, but she lived in New York for a bit and then spent a, probably the last quarter of her life, maybe more than that, mm-hmm. in Mexico. Ah, okay. So, um. Her stories were translated from French and Spanish. So she wrote in both languages. Well. And I'm sure in English, too. Yeah. But Oh, that's interesting. So She must have a very good handle on both of those languages to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Wow. Cool. So, yeah. Super weird. Yeah. Chris has read yeah. a story. I just started. Yeah, but it is already really weird. And they're <laughs> super weird. short. Yeah. Okay. Super, really super short. short. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, Fiction stories. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I read the little intro, too. Mm-hmm. That then so the you know it already kicks off and it's very relevant. That's why I was like, is it like semi biographical except for like all the weird stuff? <laughs> all the weird stuff that happens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe she thinks it happens because yeah, because it talks <laughs> about in in her little in the little foreword about uh, you know how she was like very. Um, I don't. I don't think they use the word rebellious, but not you know very nonconformist. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, didn't adhere to, didn't want to adhere to the, the kind of traditions that a, a young girl or young woman was expected to mm-hmm. during that okay. that time period and probably this time time period. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it wasn't that long ago. 
No, mm-hmm. it wasn't. But mm-hmm. No, she actually passed away in 2011. Mm. Oh. And so. Okay. Yeah, and the stories, the story that I read already starts to reflect that. So. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It's weird. Yeah. But I loved every single, every, everything about it. It was good. Hmm. There's a couple of stories where I was just like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. But maybe just one that I wasn't like fully there for. But there was a lot of stories in there. And hmm. and they just got weirder and weirder. <laughs> like the first one I was like, that was weird. And the second one I'm like, that got weirder. Hmm. <laughs> By the middle of the book, I'm like, man. This, this, this is, is maybe even a little too weird for me. No. no. Okay, never mind. Never Finally, mind. somebody wrote something that I, no, catches me the whole even. way through. Okay, well, I don't know about weird, but let let's do let's do autobiography. Um, one of the books I thought of was Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. Mm-hmm. This was a National Book Award finalist, and I think it was also. Um, a Newberry, it was either the Newberry Award winner or the Newberry Honor Book from whatever year it was written, 2015, I think. Um, and this is Jacqueline Woodson's story of her own growing up years in the 60s and 70s, growing up here in the U.S., um, both the North and the South. She was raised part of the time in South Carolina, and part of her upbringing was in Brooklyn. So she had two very different views of, you know, what life was like for her and her family. But And didn't she start out in the North? Uh, you know, that's a good question. She now lives in Brooklyn, but maybe she went back. That could be. So, Because I, sure. I vaguely remember some of the differences about how she was trying to adjust to the South after being in the North. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's a it's um, a novel in verse, so it's all poetry, oh. but it's autobiographical. Novel in verse, which is something you don't see very mm-hmm. often. Those, those two things, I mean, there aren't very many novels in verse that work anyway, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to see one that's autobiographical, I think is really cool. But anyway... That's her, and she's she's still going. She's mm-hmm. going to be one of the featured speakers at the Public Library Association conference that Don and I are going to later in March. So, looking forward to seeing her. Yeah, really interesting person, and she's got um, several other. Oh yeah, books. picture books and chapter books and all kinds of things. Another autobiography that I brought is Laura Bush's Spoken from the Heart. And I thought this was kind of nice because she wrote it after they were out of the White House. And it came out in 2010, so I'm thinking it was pretty quickly after they left the White House and kind of settled back in Dallas that that she wrote this. Um, but I, I think that's important for us to you know, pay attention to the women who have been in not the one at the forefront necessarily, but somebody who has a career, who has a, a passion, but who is, is often seen as the sidekick to somebody more important mm-hmm. and to hear their stories. So 
she's got this one spoken from the heart. Um, I just heard that Michelle Obama has written, I mean, is, is working on, and it's coming out, I think, in November, late in the year, I think. Michelle Obama has her, her autobiography kind of of her White House years, and I think that's what this Laura Bush book really is about, is, is about the White House years. Okay. Because I was going to say, Laura Bush, has she does a lot with children. Absolutely. And she's very involved with the libraries. She founded, Laura Bush founded the National Book Festival, as well as the Texas Book Festival when she was the Texas First Lady. Hmm. Yeah. But she did, because that's her passion, is literacy and reading and, anyway. And and they do grants and that mm-hmm. kind of thing for right. to provide books for the children, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Yep. And obviously her daughter's uh, author. What else we have? I have one other autobiography that I brought in. This is an interesting one. It's by Diana Nyad, and it's called Find a Way. So if you remember Diana Nyad um, five years ago in 2013, at the age of 64, um, swam from Cuba to Florida. At the age of 64, that is just amazing. 111 miles, and this is just kind of she's she's talks about in her book about um, not just the swimming, but about you know some personal obstacles, some health things, some other things in her life that she had to overcome, and then be able to come back to this kind of extreme athletic pushing her body. That, that way. So the really inspirational story, a lot of courage. So Diane and I had find a way. Hmm. Cool book. Mm-hmm. So I have some information about where you can um, find out a lot about women's history um, as far as museums in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Great. Um, the Cowgirl Museum, the National Cowgirl mm-hmm. Museum in Fort Worth. And this actually is one of the only museums that has um, women of the West. Hmm. The other ones are not geared toward that, so I thought that was very interesting. The Frontiers of Flight Museum, Hmm. and that is in Dallas. Okay. And we got two others, the Dallas Museum of Art and the African American Museum in Fair Park. So both of those are in Dallas as well. Do they have special exhibits for Women's History Month? Do you know? That I don't know. I didn't go to each one of their websites to look into it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would expect they would, especially the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame. I've been down there several times to that mm-hmm. area. I've never been in that museum. I haven't either. I've been to the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History several times, but mm-hmm. never been in the Cowgirl Museum. I know that in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame Museum, which is in Waco, mm-hmm. um, there's a huge exhibit that includes Babe Didricks and Zaharias, who was a golfer professional golfer she was in the olympics as a runner and then after she stopped doing track she took up golf and she was a 
women's professional golfer when that wasn't really a thing to be. So anyway. that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about, uh, um, well, I, the question I, I have is, is this women's history month? Is that, is that mostly as like a United States recognized thing or does that, that is yet yeah, national, national women's history okay. month. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking about, although I don't know. Let's no. see if it's international. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about inter- international women of. So there's an international women's day, March the eighth, and by the way, yes, there is an international men's day <laughs> in November. But international women's day was formalized in 1917. Believe it or not. Hmm. So March eighth in the Gregorian calendar, and so that's, that's probably why the U.S. decided that March should be Women's History Month to kind of go along with International Women's Day. That makes sense. So wasn't uh, the National Women's History Month was started like in 1980? 1987. It's been going on for more than 30 years. Yay. <laughs> So one of the things I was interested to find is that in some of the children's books, we have collections on scientists, um, that there are several women included. I was really glad to see that. There's a Lives of the Scientists. This is by Kathleen Kroll. And she's done several collective biographies of people in different um, professions. And this one is um, scientists. It includes... um, Marie Curie, it includes Barbara McClintock, who was important in agriculture, Grace Murray Hopper, who talks about working with computers. She's got a chapter on Rachel Carson and a chapter on Jane Goodall. Um, She also included someone named William and Caroline Herschel, so I don't know. Let me find out what what they had to say, what's going on with them. Um, they were brother and sister who were astronomers. And the the catchphrase that they were quoted as saying, that one of them was quoted as saying was, promise not to call me a lunatic, because they were were both really involved with astronomy. So Mm. there we are. (laughs) Mm. Lunatic. Lunatic, (laughs) yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. That one's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh that was William who said that not Caroline sorry but anyway they were both really well known for um, writing um, all kinds of things related to astronomy and tracking comets and doing that kind of thing that that I think it's been uh, it's it's becoming a big deal to have children's books with women who have persevered and done something to be good role models, mm-hmm. especially for girls, mm-hmm. to try to get them into fields that are not typical for right. girls, like STEM and, you know... Which Tell us would, what STEM is. Uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. And math. Yeah. And, uh, like, coding and and a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the website I had looked at is National Women's History Project, Writing Women Back Into History. Okay. And every year they come up with um, honorees. Oh, okay. 
okay. And so this year, one I think they have 11 honorees this year, and one of them is uh, Susan Burton. And we have a book that she uh, wrote, uh, and it, she was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. She had some struggles in her life. Becoming Ms. Burton or something like that, I think is the title of her book, isn't it? It could be, yeah. yeah I don't recall. I guess I've got it right here. Um, so anyway, she was incarcerated for like 20 years because uh, I think she her daughter died and she had a really hard time and she just got into drugs and alcohol and um, and she got out of it. And mm-hmm. so now she's a role model for people and uh, tries to get women when they come out of prison and get them rehabilitated into society and hmm. and all that. It's really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know, so um, we have I think we have also the um, the book that just came out recently from the woman who started the Black Lives Matter movement, which is which is a very interesting story. It's a it's it I don't think she was incarcerated, but it's a similar story of you know, overcoming struggle and and realizing that this was this starting this movement was something that she could do to improve her community to to you know try to to make life better for people like her mm-hmm. and people like her family. So really important stuff going on, important books coming out right. from people we wouldn't have heard from, I think. Mm-hmm. Just not not very long ago. Mm-hmm. There's a, a book that is brand new to the library. In fact, it's still in process, uh, but it's called "In Praise of Difficult Women: Life Lessons from 29 Heroines Who Dared to Break the Rules." This is by Karen Carbo, and she just does little five six page vignettes on women, some in history, some who are contemporary, but it's everybody from Elizabeth Taylor to Josephine Baker. She's got Shonda Rhimes, Eva Perone, um, Billie Jean King, Margaret Cho, Frida Kahlo, Laverne Cox, um, Janis Joplin, and Lena Dunham. It's it's really a, a wide variety of women from U.S. history and should be really interesting to read mm-hmm. it it looks like it's a pretty quick read because it is just short little things about mm-hmm. each one of these women and and the author wrote them she did some research she talked to those who are alive she she you know just decided to write about the ways that they broke out of the, the mold the ways that they did something different and new so should be a good one to read. And it should be available by the time you hear this podcast. Great. It should be done with Oh, then, thanks. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those sound really good. Some yeah. of them I would just skip over. Well, well and it's nice Angela that they're... Merkel, <laughs> the, the Chancellor of Germany is one of these women. It's, there's some really oh, interesting yeah, yeah. people. Some very interesting people. I can think of at least one that I'd be like, no thanks, no, and thanks. then just move right along. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that they're short. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's going to keep your attention for a few pages, right? And, uh, then you can gather some information on the next one. Mm-hmm. But that brings to mind another book, uh, Hidden Figures, the mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. and book 
um, about the women, um, the black women who were responsible for getting getting us on the moon, being yeah. those yes. space yeah. race, yeah, getting us into space, <laughs> yeah, using their brains, not a machine. Mm-hmm. Yay, yeah. I think my favorite part of that movie and of the book is is when they're trying to at the same time that this is all happening they're also setting up the first IBM computer and they keep having trouble with this and that and something didn't yes. work and that kind of thing and and these women decide that they are then going to become the programmers that they are going to learn how to do that so that they've still got a job but they know this is coming even though things aren't going smoothly but I, I think that the fact that it did not go smoothly and they still needed those human beings <laughs> on the ground. I thought that was great. There's another, another collective biography that we have in the science section in the children's area called Girls Research. This is by Jennifer Phillips. And it's, um, again, it's short little vignettes. It's got photos and then something about a whole bunch of different women in history and some of them are American some of them are from all over there are several um, anthropologists there are authors there are um, people who are environmentalists people who are into computers and nursing and all kinds of things. It's it's a really amazing thing. It's really fun to read. It's got a lot of photos, a lot of um, interesting information. And again, it's short little pieces about each one of these people. So um, real easy to, to get through and find somebody interesting to read about. I'm, I'm just thinking, um, I'm trying to think of something to contribute here. <laughs> yeah. Because I, don't, I haven't, like, you know, I'm, I'm afraid... That I haven't read, you know, some of these nonfiction ones that you mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, so, and I'm trying to think of, you know, so so my you know, my repertoire of knowledge, I guess, is all literary mm-hmm. for the most part. So Great. that's kind of what's occurring to me. And then mm-hmm. earlier, I was thinking about <laughs> the international women of of note, and I'm not sure that any of it's relevant. It's okay. Here, it's but. all relevant. <laughs> If it's about women, it's all relevant. Go, Chris. It's just because I have all these little niche interests and yeah. and topics that I, you know, know about. And so throw <laughs> that out there. We all might learn something brand new that we never <laughs> knew we wanted to know. Well, how about the studio in Japan? That's a all women animators clamp. Oh yeah, clamp. Yeah. Hmm. They, I didn't know that existed. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's wow. the thing. And they produce some some pretty popular stuff, mm-hmm. uh, some pretty well well known stuff. And Are there it's some really like good manga series, mm-hmm. anime stuff? Yeah, that's right. Stuff. Mangas and, and mm-hmm. il- they're illustrators and, and animators. And animators, yep. yeah. Okay, and it's just this group. Would we know like any of those series? Like, uh, do we have any of them in the library? Yes. Yes. The Corn <laughs> Captor Sakura Sakura uh-huh. series. Oh, clamp, okay. Yeah, right? I do believe so. There's three artists whose roles shift for each series. Hmm. And so there's four total women, it looks like. Yeah, I didn't think it was very, very yeah, many. Yeah, no, it's it four total. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they shift. And it, it looks like uh, currently 
there's four, but they've had several people that have come and gone. So it's not just like in the mid 1980s when they started, there was a group of four ladies and then like one left and another one joined and so on. Card capture so Sakura. Hmm. Chobits. That's right. Triple uh, X Holic. I think it's just pronounced Holic. Is it just pronounced Holic? Yeah, I looked it up one time because I'm like, how do you pronounce this in a way yeah. that it sounds like, it, so it doesn't sound like something that... But <laughs> if you look for it, it's going to be in the X's. Yeah, it'll be in the X's. So. <laughs> but, but I looked it up and they said that normally it's just pronounced Holic. Yeah. So is it, is it like Holic or no. Holic? Because then it just doesn't sound like something we should have. Yes. <laughs> Tsubasa. Uh, Kawato. And, and I think we have quite a few of those. Yes. We do. In somewhat related to that, I remember in uh, one of the books that I was... I almost talked about during our nonfiction selection, mm -hmm. but it was a book, a big volume that we have about the history of the samurai. Um even during the early days of, you know, what became known as the samurai, there were women samurai. Like, there was one woman that fought shoulder mm. to shoulder with her husband, rode mm. out on the battlefield. Hmm. Yeah, just as, you know, wow. just tidbits like that. Okay. So that was uh, atypical. Yes, yeah. I'm, okay. I don't think that there was, like, entire, you know, uh, legions of, of women samurai, but there were... During that time period, there okay. was, you know, was just cases thinking, like that. Yeah. I was thinking about Vikings and the way they portray that on the TV show. And the, yeah. Which, you know. Uh, but the uh, women all fight. Well, not all of them, but most of them. Well, I know that everybody was, and in a lot of those kind of cultures, like the Germanic cultures and, and mm -hmm. stuff, everybody was expected to be, to be, you know have like i guess a certain level of ferocity or at least you know participate whenever there were battles and things like because it like was all about you know taking care of your home and yeah. and finding new places to to call home and right. pride of your community your clan your group your and, tribe and your whatever so in the germania which i'm trying to remember was it herodotus that wrote that i don't know it's a, a history of that those, sure. pe those people <laughs> uh, written by a Roman citizen like during that time period and he mm -hmm. described how like the women and uh, you know the families would actually go with them the men and so like their whole community would move and in, into battle and so there'd be like the camp and then the you know the fighting and it was like the women and children were were like the you know the, the rear guard and the the caretakers and stuff and then the men were, were fighting and um so, um, and I think, I don't remember if I read it in that book, but I read it in something. Tacitus, actually. Tacitus, yes. Not Herodotus. Yeah. I didn't think that was right. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it might have been in that book or it might have been somewhere somewhere else I read that, but I know that um, they they had, like, the same respect for a mother as they would for, like, a, you know, a warrior because that was another... Um, you know, just Battle. like yeah, just like fighting. <laughs> well, it was something that, especially back in in those time periods, sure. that you could die. You know, yeah. in childbirth. So it was just as, you know, it was just as highly a respected role as you know going mm -hmm. out and fighting in in battle. 
Hmm. And it was, you know, a necessary thing. So mm-hmm. I'm wow. just, I'm just going through that's all my cool. little tidbits that I know, <laughs> know now because that's all I, I got. Sorry. Well, that's kind of interesting because it, it's interesting to look at the different cultures and how the roles vary among among them. I was reading uh, the Blue Zones, mm-hmm. and it said in one culture the men are very relaxed. And it's because the women, they're the ones who, the the men are the ones who kind of are chilled and laid back and they don't have to do a lot of stuff. And it's the women who take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it, it was interesting to see that point of view. And it, it's interesting to think about when you're talking about the different cultures and how we were different. I mean, coming to this country, how did we become the caretakers of the home and the men went out to fight and kill the animals Mm. to feed the family? Why wasn't that role reversed? Because in some cultures, it sounds Mm -hmm. like it was. So, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about, I guess. And it, it, it just leads into, I think, women's history and the fact that there's no set role for you as a woman. You can do what you want to do. It's just whatever you mm-hmm. put your mind to. Or can get away with. Yeah, I think we've come a long way, but we've got mm. a long way to go. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, I think I'm still expected to have a career, but get married and have kids and i'm very odd for not wanting to do that mm-hmm. but i'm still expected to do those things and still somehow have a career and do all of these things and i don't i have a choice because no one can make me mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no can make right me. but it is still very stigmatized to not to be a woman that doesn't want to have children or to be a woman that doesn't want to get married. Where do you feel that from? Other women. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, th- I do mm-hmm. think one of the things that the, the women's movement of the 60s and 70s, which I think is, you can sort of see the beginning and sort of drift off the end of mm-hmm. that. I, I think one of the not so healthy things that came out of that is exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. You know, that, that whole, um, I don't, Oh, what is that commercial? I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in the pan, and never, never let you forget you're a man. You know, I can do everything. Uh Well, why should I have to do everything when there's another person in the house? If there is another person in the house, partners. Yeah, let's figure this out. (laughs) Wait, I. Hmm. There's a there's a problem there, and that and, expectation that yeah. okay, women, you've got this opportunity to do anything you want to, but it doesn't relieve you of the responsibilities and obligations that you already had. Mm-hmm. And and so the I think there are a lot of families and a lot, it maybe even a cultural thing. I'm not sure where those expectations of what a woman's role in the home is still Mm -hmm. going to be. And then if she adds a job to that, that's just extra. Mm -hmm. That's not, okay, we're going to shift some of this to someone else. It's, 
these obligations are all still there. Now we're going to add something. So are, are those self-imposed, do you think? Or I don't know. Do I, you think that hmm. men are the ones that are putting that pressure on women? It's probably some of both. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think the... I think there's still a lot of internalized yeah. expectations oh, yeah. that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But also that there was a, I actually watched a commercial the other day and what? it was a Boston Market commercial. Okay. And there is a very important sciencey lady and she's about to do something very important and her phone rings and her assistant answers it and it's her kid going, mom, what's for dinner? And I'm like, really? Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's still expected to be the one to fix dinner, even though she's doing very so important science work. 57 years ago, a wrinkle in time, this is exactly the family dynamic that you saw. It, the, the dad, of course, has disappeared, so mm-hmm. there's not a dad, but the, the children are old enough to be helping out with, I mean, to be... You take care of dinner, you take care of the laundry, you know, doing mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, but they're not. And the mom, who is this well respected scientist and has the lab right off to the side, one of the things that one of the kids talks about is, oh no, is she cooking dinner in there in the lab again? I hate it when she does that. Instead of coming out of her lab to the kitchen and leaving her science behind and, and cooking dinner. And it's like, wait a minute, kids. Why aren't you cooking dinner and leaving mom to do her important science stuff in there? But that was 1962. Yeah. And here we are in 2018. Where does that leave us? With Boston Market commercials telling us the exact same thing. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) That is really interesting. And I think this is also why I don't watch commercials. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I saw something... That you know those ubiquitous memes that are that are everywhere. But I saw one the other day where a photographer had decided to take some of those um, print ads from the fifties and sixties that are very very sexist and flip the roles and take these photos and then caption them the same way, only f- again flipping mm-hmm. the genders. And it, they're just stupid. They're crazy. They're ridiculous. No one would ever say these things. Huh. What does mm-hmm. that make you think? Mm-hmm. That maybe we shouldn't have said those things to mm-hmm. begin with. Mm-hmm. Some of it's yeah. pretty awful. It I really is. About, like, what is it? The Honeymooners? That was really... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> there was even, like, a, there was a billboard about seatbelts and... Belting your wife. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm thinking of the there's. there's well, wasn't one. It his entire catchphrase? Oh yeah, like, bang zoom to the moon. Yeah, right in the kisser. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, all right, way to promote domestic violence. There you go, guy. Way to go. Was, the, at least one one of these commercial print ads that this guy did the the gender flipping you know photographs on. It was one of those where um, it was trying to convince men that they should buy Hoover vacuum cleaners for their wives for Christmas. 
that she would love you if you <laughs> bought her a Hoover vacuum cleaner for Christmas. I think that that is, um, depends on your family. I think most people would say, if we need a Hoover vacuum cleaner, let's go buy it. Mm-hmm. That depends on how much money you have. Right. Mm. But if it's gonna if it's gonna be Christmas, it's gonna be the family Christmas gift, not mine. Yeah. I would be very upset. Yeah, if I, I can't got see appli- yeah. kitchen appliances. Mm-hmm. I can't see Jessica being okay. Unless I said, Hey, you know, I'd love that new KitchenAid mixer <laughs> which I have said and I still don't have one. But well, it's an appliance. You know, that's a different <laughs> yeah, and your thing. husband knows. But it's red or blue. Well, you know that may be. <laughs> yeah. That may be. Aside from the fact that it's also four hundred dollars and well, he's not gonna go buy that. that. <laughs> so <laughs> we're waiting for it to go on sale, but I think some women are very, uh, you know, feel a lot like you do, that it's like, don't get me something like that for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And there are others that are like, you know what, you're giving me a gift, and I appreciate that, whatever it is. Wow. If the gift says, here, your job is to clean the house, here's something to do it with. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm, you know, and this is just, you know, thought, thought exercise or whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as far as like reversing roles there, like it's, I, I'm, I'm not a big tool guy. I'm not a handyman or anything, but it seems like in a lot of the culture, the, you know, men's culture and stuff, it seems like guys get real excited about power tools and uh-huh. stuff. So would it be like the opposite situation if, like, if you got your husband like a, a new drill or something that he really wanted for, Oh, now yeah. you can clean it's the see? bathroom, or you can, <laughs> you can, you can fix the sink, and you can go do this I and think, do this work I think, Okay. If, if, <laughs> if the power tools were to do those regular, main, if, if I were to have, buy my husband a lawnmower for his birthday, I think that would be very much like him buying me a Hoover yes, vacuum cleaner. That, mm-hmm. that makes sense, yeah. Power tools, on the other hand, those are for your hobby. Yeah. For the most, I mean, you know. Every now and I, then you need a you drill might, to fix something. You, yeah, yeah. you might do like, something in the house. But for the most part, you're not using that all the time to, to do your weekly, these are your responsibilities in the home. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So do you think that Jeff would be really excited to get a new lawnmower? <laughs> no. I mean, not for his birthday. <laughs> As a family gift, because from what you've said, you help out a lot with the yard work. Well, yeah, I'm usually the one who mows. He's the one who vacuums, so, you know. Because it's more important to him to have clean floors than it is to me. It's more important for me to have a a mown lawn than it is to him, apparently. That's cool. I don't know why. Depends on the day, whether it's cool or not. Yeah. (laughs) But... Unless, yeah. unless you have an Esther Turf lawn. And you <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, some people do, like apparently. some people. <laughs> huh, okay. That's a, that's interesting. I just, hmm. just since we got on the subject, I yeah. started yeah. thinking about it. Hmm. Well, I do, th- I do think that we have those expectations of women that very often it's, okay, you are responsible for all the home things. And if you have a full-time job, when you get home from, we'll wait for you till you get mm-hmm. home and then you take care of those things. And, and we don't mind. 
waiting for you. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're going to be gracious about it and not expect you to have dinner on the table at 6 when you don't get home till 6.15. It's okay. We don't mind. And I think we have those, I think those are harmful to women, mm-hmm. those kind of expectations that... Definitely. That you've got all these responsibilities that's basically a full-time job at home, mm-hmm. and then you go to your full-time job every day. Mm-hmm. Should be like, oh yeah, we have dinner ready for you. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Man, oh man. It happens at my house. What <laughs> happens at your house? That dinner. dinner's ready when you get there? Yes. Wow. Laundry's done. That's exciting. I mean, there's no typical male-female roles in my house, but I don't know. Wow. How did that happen? Did you talk about it, or did it just kind of happen over time? Like when they didn't have clean clothes and decided, oh, look, we know how to do this. No, my husband irons his own clothes. He does all the laundry. He helps me with the dishes or does the dishes when they're not done. Hmm. He'll cook dinner. He cooks breakfast on the weekend. Wow. That, I, I don't think that's a typical situation. Great, Dawn. Probably not. But I know that I put a lot of expectations on myself mm-hmm. that I should sure. be doing that kind of stuff, even though it's not. Because it's internalized. It is. Yeah, it's, it's very much like it yeah. has nothing to do, I don't think, with society. I feel like it's just the pressure I put on myself that these are the things that I should do. I should take care of my... I mean, let me just say, last night I said to my husband, you would make a better mom. <laughs> you make a better mom than I do. <laughs> You know, a, a long time ago, I, at a different job I had, um, I was talking to my boss about some different things that, that needed to be done there at the job. Mm-hmm. And and he was talking about, well, you know, when I need to get these kinds of things done, this is what I do, and this is how I take care of this and this. And I looked at him and I said, then I need a wife in the traditional wife role to take care of all these other things that need to be done because I can't do these things you're asking me to do and the schedule you're asking me to do them and take care of all those things at home that need to be done Mm -hmm. that your wife takes care of and and i i wasn't you know i wasn't trying to to make him feel guilty i just was laughing and i said then i need a wife Mm -hmm. because that's what you're describing to me is the traditional role of a wife that he does those other things so that you can do what you're asking me to do. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very odd. Hmm. And I'm not saying that at my house things are great because they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we have discussions about all kinds of things at my house all the time. But, you know, I think, I think we're, we're, we're the products of our upbringing Mm-hmm. Of the expectations that we've that we've put on ourselves are very much the products of our upbringing. Mm-hmm. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She was a housewife. She worked outside the home a total of maybe eighteen months from the time she married my dad until she passed away. Sixty something years. Well, and I think that so. maybe where things need to. I mean. 
start to change Mm -hmm. because it's the kids who, I mean, it's the same thing with the type of food that you like to eat. Sure. It's because you you eat what your mom cooked and that's what you like. Mm -hmm. And so to eat things later in life that you're not used to, it's more difficult to Mm -hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the same thing like you're saying with your upbringing. I mean, right. these are the things that you did as a child and were expected to do or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and so when you're so, an adult, you tend to be that way. So do you think that Zach is going to grow up, your son is going to grow up to be, to have different expectations if he marries someone, what his role and their role in the home are going to be. Do you think that's different from what I'm describing about that he's just going to have that? Or do you think... I sometimes think he's going to end up being more like me. More more expecting the traditional roles? Um, Not necessarily expecting the traditional role Mm -hmm. because... But feeling guilty about it when you don't? I mean, I... um, from the things that he does mm-hmm. at home, I think that he will be, I don't know, that way, I mean, that's just hard because well, he sees my husband as a man mm-hmm. doing all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if he's picking that up in a sense that when he gets married, he's going to say, okay, this is my role as well, a man. Well, I will say I that... Based on my experience, when they're teenagers, you can't tell <laughs> yeah. if they're going to survive into adulthood. <laughs> yeah, you just can't even tell what's going to come out at the other end of that. But the thing about in holy cow, the internalized yeah. expectations is this is what he what he's seeing, and this is what his everyday life is. Mm-hmm. And so, more than likely, when he mm-hmm. is the adult and married, he's going to look back on the relationship of his parents right. and be like. That's, that's normal. I, yeah, that's yeah. normal. That's what I want. And yeah. so, yeah, I would much rather be outside in the yard, mowing the yard, mm-hmm. and taking care of my chickens, mm-hmm. and planting the garden, and doing that kind of stuff than be inside cleaning. Mm-hmm. 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 I'd, I'd rather be anywhere than inside cleaning. I love to cook, but what I've figured out is that I have to clean as I go along. Otherwise, I get to the end. I've got all this big mess to clean up, and I don't want to clean it up. So, mm-hmm. so when mm-hmm. I cook, I've, I've finally learned that I clean as I go. It's all clean when I get through, <laughs> and then I can enjoy whatever I've cooked. Yeah. But the cleaning part is not. Yeah. I love no. to cook. I hate doing dishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If I could just throw them away and buy so them. So one of the things <laughs> that I really hate about this is completely off our subject, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But one of the things I hate about housework is that you have to keep doing it over and over again. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's not It's not a one-and-done task. I <laughs> yeah. love one-and-done tasks where you yeah. can check it off your checklist and mm-hmm. you can say, wow, I accomplished that. I'm through. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Somebody goes and uses that toilet again. Mm-hmm. Dog square on. one and somebody <laughs> wears clothes again tomorrow and then you've got dirty clothes dang it hate yep. that it's I'm really it's a really deceptive feeling it is because you get done with it yeah and, and you get you're like yes i'm done i don't have to do this 
But, oh, yes, you do. And, <laughs> and if you ride that feeling long enough, to, soon enough, it's going to be really terrible. And you're, like, <laughs> you're like, I felt like I just cleaned this. And it was actually like two months ago. It's kind, it's kind of like cat litter boxes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you don't keep up with those, they're horrible. But if you keep up with them, they're livable. Still not my favorite thing. But they're livable. <laughs> but if you don't, like, you miss one day, you can tell. It's mm-hmm. awful, mm-hmm. awful, awful. Okay, I can so, talk about these things because yeah, no, I don't, I'm not here to pat myself on the back or anything, but I think that me and Jessica are really good about sharing household tasks, mm-hmm. and I actually do a lot of the cleaning around the house and stuff. So good for you, Chris. So I, because I love my wife, and I want, I don't want her to, <laughs> to come home. <laughs> you know, I don't want her to come home from a long day at, at the at the chiropractor's office and. And then be like, hey, I need you to clean. Uh, no, no, no. Don't do that. That's awful. She comes home and she's tired and you're like, so what's for dinner? No, no. <laughs> no. So, well, and I think, you know, that's in my house, that's what happens. It's like things need to be done and he just does them. It's not like mm-hmm. I'm going to wait for you to do them. Mm-hmm. 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 And sometimes it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think sometimes <laughs> it's it's a matter of personalities, too, mm-hmm. that there are some personalities that are just, you know, I see a need, I'm going to take care of it, not wait for somebody else to tell me to do it. But then there are some people that, you know, they, they either just don't see it or they're not sure who's supposed to do it or when it's supposed mm-hmm. to be done or how often or you know, what the process is and they don't want to learn or they they wait for somebody to make the decision about it. So, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that sometimes is what plays into things that that it's personalities too. So, mm-hmm. yay. A lot of people who take initiative mm-hmm. and just decide, oh, I see a need, let's take care of that instead of waiting to be told. You heard her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's not a that's not a secret message to the to the employees here, is it? I don't think it's secret anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> no. I, well, think, I think I think we know. I think we know that about you already. Okay. Though, yeah. Pat, Good. As a boss. Good. <laughs> cool. All right. Anything else about Women's History Month? I don't know. We didn't. Talk. Oh, we were talking about that. What? Yeah, we were talking about that. <laughs> I know we did. Well, there were some books we didn't talk about in general. Yeah. I didn't get to talk about Russian fighter pilots. Huh. But you know, there might be a reason for that. <laughs> Female Russian fighter pilots, mm-hmm. or yeah. mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> or just Russian. No, we don't have to. Well, I, I didn't know if it was the author of the book that he yeah. was talking about. Uh, so I wasn't quite sure. We don't have to talk about it. I just no, go. I'd love to hear about Russian fighter it female was, Russian fighter pilots. Well, apparently during World War II there was a lot of women Russian Russian women fighter pilots, mm-hmm. and they were kind of the terror of the of really? the German air, you know, terror to the German air force. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So That's I just cool. finished Codename Verity, <laughs> uh-huh. and she uh-huh. was a civilian pilot, and then she right. ended up kind of not really in the military, yeah, and then was... she ended up being in the end the civilian side. It was kind of weird, mm-hmm. but she did talk a lot about women mm-hmm. pilots, or maybe it was at the end. The author mm-hmm. 
talked about and mm-hmm. that there were actually quite a few women. But they weren't fighter. They were saying that they they transported. Right. They um, were transporting like people. Usually or, pilots to somewhere else, but not always pilots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and they could never be like in a bomber mm-hmm. or right. something. In a combat situation. Yeah. Or like so that. I think that's really interesting that mm-hmm. um, Russia did have them. You know, I think it, something I, that just reminded me of is it must have been in like around 1970, and I don't know exactly when, but it was around 70, 72. But I remember in my family, we always watched the pageants. Okay, so we were watching the Miss Universe pageant, and Miss Israel was a soldier. She was a you know frontline combat soldier and that's when i realized oh there are places in the world where women are in combat mm-hmm. and israel is one of those places mm-hmm. and i didn't know that before before that episode you know that that instance and i think that's really interesting that you know we're we're just at that point aren't we are we do we allow women in combat now? I'm not I sure. I think do maybe not. we do in certain. Maybe it's certain instances, certain circumstances. I think I've heard that. Yeah. But it's it's if we do, it's really really recent. So I'm not sure. But anyway, I just thought that was really interesting, which leads me to Wonder Woman, the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> because the the woman who played Wonder Woman, Gal. Gadot. I heard that pronounced that way yesterday. I thought it was like the French ghetto. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I I thought thought too. NPR called her Gal Gadot yesterday, somebody on NPR. So I don't know which it is, but um, just the fact that that a woman led superhero movie made good money and people realized it. Actually, this article I was reading was about Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And kind of the the new and different sort of superhero he is, um, but it referenced also Wonder Woman. So that's cool. Yeah, it was a good yeah, good movie. And they're doing Miss Marvel, not Miss Marvel, Mar- Captain Marvel. Captain, yeah, yeah, Captain Marvel, hmm. which is has been a long time coming. After all these Marvel movies they've mm-hmm. done with with male characters, they're finally going to do a, a female lead. So hmm. that's, I bet that's going to be good. Well, I think they're finally realizing that every superhero doesn't have to be white male, Protestant, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm just thinking. About, I'm thinking about all the all, all the superheroes who like, go to I'm church. Not, I'm, I'm thinking like Thor. I don't, you know, I don't probably not. Okay, well, he's not necessarily Protestant, but he is blonde and blue eyed. So. <laughs> Sorry, that just that tickled me. <laughs> Fine. Okay. I was thinking of Captain America and in kind of the yeah, but the new direction. All that's going right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't isn't the new one Miles? That Spider Man. Spider Man, right? You're thinking, yeah. yeah. But there's a new Captain America too, right? 
There was for a bit, and then... Oh, then we went back. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Then Steve got his... I am so behind the time. (laughs) Super Soldier Cheese back. You just can't... You just can't keep up. It's very difficult. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this article I was reading yesterday was talking about how each year of Marvel movies is like... Is like a whole generation of superheroes Mm -hmm. or something. So... Every new year, they can start new with something mm-hmm. if they want to, or they can continue with what they had before. I don't know. It's mm. it's this all. Like, each year, generation has sort of a theme mm-hmm. that they're looking at. And it was, it was interesting. So now yeah. we're looking at the effects of colonialism and, mm-hmm. you know, do you... Do you always stand up when people are in need, even if it doesn't affect you? Mm-hmm. And if you think it doesn't affect you, does it really not affect you? And does that matter? And all those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Yeah, it's definitely interesting where those movies are going. Yeah, it is. It is. I would like for yeah. Marvel to make an America Chavez movie. Come on, Marvel. Do it. America Chavez. Mm-hmm. I want it now. Hmm. Tell us about that. America Chavez. America Chavez is a female Puerto Rican superhero. And she's got, um, her punches can open up interdimensional portals. Oh. So if she punches you in the face, you're kind of (laughs) done. Your face becomes a black hole. (laughs) Yeah, you're done. Wow. Okay. Um, and she just recently got her own book series because she was in the Young Avengers. Okay. And she's a part of that team for a while. And she recently got her own series written by Gabby Rivera, right. who's a young adult author. Um, and it was pretty great, actually. Like, I've read the first trade of it. Okay. And it's really good. Hmm. All right. So, I mean... There's we plenty could be going of going all kinds of directions, couldn't we? Yeah, and there's they've got options mm-hmm. yeah. to make different kinds of Marvel movies. Oh yeah, they definitely mm-hmm. do. And the fact that they kind of stay in the same spot is yeah. very frustrating. But I think with Black Panther, that's gonna that's leading into a different direction. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that there'll be more people of color, more female lead roles coming up in the Marvel universe. Okay, so is DC just out of it? Are they just DC out of step? hasn't made a decent movie, in my opinion, and critically, in a really long time. Not since like the Dark Knight movies. Yeah, and Wonder Woman so is about- the only one that's been a commercial okay. success. And Wonder so- Woman's DC. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I can't even keep up with that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, hopefully, that'll get them back on the right track but they haven't made a successful movie in a really long time wonder woman was the first one in many many years so are there still viable graphic novels coming out of dc well or are they kind of off track with that too um, dc has released some good titles for sure i think comic wise the two main companies which is dc and marvel mm-hmm I think comic-wise, they've both have taken a lot of hits okay. and a lot of more independent okay. comic book publishing okay. houses are getting more in the, yeah. in the forefront of just the comic book mm-hmm. area. But movie-wise, okay. Marvel is still leading 
And yeah. Not. Okay. And and comic books anyway. It's like comic books are hard. Hard to keep up with. Yeah. And all the. I mean, and even if you just decide to do the trades, mm-hmm. that's still hard to keep up with because mm-hmm. they'll someone will be writing something and then it'll just be like, okay, they're done writing this, and so now someone else is taking over. Are they going to continue the story or are they going to start over? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it well, that's you know that's what's hard to keep up with with superhero movies anyway is when they reboot a franchise. It's like, okay, are we starting over or is this a prequel or what right. are we doing Where here we? with this? So, all right. So, back to our topic: <laughs> Women's History Month. I, I think we were we got anything kind of on. We're a little bit on topic, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> we have some things to look forward to. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. So there, there are still, of course, lots of women out there publishing, doing great things, including our own homegrown Julie Heberlin. Mm-hmm. Who is going to be coming back to Decatur in May with her newest book, Paper Ghosts? All right. So we got her down. Put it on your calendar, May 22nd. She'll be here that evening. We're excited. Mm hmm. So. Local author, very very good author. Local author does good. Mm hmm. And I'm seeing word about a screenplay of Black Eyed Susans. Mm hmm. I knew it had been optioned, but I, I don't know if there's a screenplay done or in progress or mm-hmm. what's going on with that, but it's, a I believe, a husband and wife team who are writing it, and it's going to be a real thing, I think. Mm. Cool. Yeah. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I know. It's very exciting. Somebody we know will get to go to a Hollywood premiere or something, or maybe she'll premiere it right here <laughs> at the Cinema <laughs> 4. <laughs> um. Well, there have been movie premieres in our area. Bonnie and Clyde was premiered in Denton. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Remember? No, you don't remember. No, I don't remember. Of course not. You weren't weren't alive. I remember the movie. (laughs) I don't remember the premiere. (laughs) I don't remember the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Okay. That was a good movie. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for listening to our Women's History Month sort of podcast. And, and Our very women-centric. Yeah. At, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that Podcast works. episode. All right, well, thanks for listening. <laughs>